As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. I think that this idea that God is with us, that's what Emmanuel means, and that he is actually there. So anytime we want to talk, he's there to listen. Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Kappa. And around here, we know that life is hard and we gotta do everything we can to just make it a little bit more lovely. So it's my mission to bring you great conversations, practical tools and information, and a healthy dose of community to help make those things happen. If you wanna find out more, you can go to our website at cultivatingthelovely.com, visit our amazing membership community at patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely, or by connecting with me on Instagram, which is one of my favorite places to interact with all of you. You can find me at Mackenzie Kappa. Thanks so much for joining me today. Ladies, we have made it to the final episode of season five of the podcast. I can't believe it's been this many years that we've been doing this show. I cannot wait to kick off season six next week and be telling you about the fun new things that we have coming to Cultivating the Lovely. But for today, I have on Crystal Evans-Hurst, and we're talking about the importance of prayer and how to make it a more realistic thing in our lives and working it into our daily routines. And she's got a beautiful, sweet, succinct new book that I can't wait to talk about. But first, of course, I want to talk to you really quickly about Patreon because all of us have a lot going on in our lives. This fall looks very different than any fall has looked for any of us ever, and we all need a little bit of extra support, and that is what we are doing in Patreon. Not only will you get support and encouragement and a little bit of commiserating with the other ladies in the group, we are working on planning and prepping for our fall so we can be on top of things and not just totally sidelined by all the craziness going on, but we also have a lot of tools for helping you just be able to take hold of the loveliness, to find the small things in your life, to be taking care of yourself better. We are going to have to take care of ourselves in so many ways this fall to be able to deal with the virtual learning and the working and all the things that we have going on. And we are really going to be focusing on those things and bringing you our best tools and tips and tricks and all of that in Patreon and also on the podcast, which you'll be hearing more about next week. So if you would like to join us and become a part of that amazing group and get your hands on some of those tools, then I want to encourage you to come over to patreon.com slash cultivating the lovely. We would really love to have you there. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram. If you haven't done that yet, you can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. That's M-A-C-K-E-N-Z-I-E-K-O-P-P-A. 
over on Instagram. I try to do stories there all the time. We're amping things up this fall and I would love to connect with you there. Slip into my DMs. Let's chat. I love connecting with you guys on Instagram. Okay, but without further ado, let's get on with this episode with Crystal Evans Hurst. Welcome, Crystal. Thanks for having me, Mackenzie. I'm so looking forward to having you here. You know, I get a lot of books across my desk and this is one of those that I thought, okay, this, you know, I, I get kind of a lot of like little studies and things where I'm like, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this could spark a conversation, but this one is short, it's succinct, but I felt like it was so powerful and the way that you've set it up, this 28 day prayer journey that I was just thinking, you know, I'm trying to really have the books on this season that I feel like God knew, God knew we needed them right now. And I think <laughs> there could not be a better time for us to have a prayer journey when I think a lot of people are feeling, you know, just spread very thin and frustrated and kind of don't know where to begin with a lot of things. And this is just like that yeah. simple little gift to be like, here you go, just do this. <laughs> Yes. Well, that's the idea. Simple and just do it. (laughs) Yes. And so before we get too far into that, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes. Well, um, of course, my name is Crystal Hurst and I am a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a writer, speaker, I'm a daughter of a pastor. Um, I'm a work at home mom, uh, business owner, ministry person as well. Got a lot going on. My kids are... um, aged 11 through 28. I have two grandkids too. I homeschool. And so um, somewhere in between all those things, every now and then I put words on paper. (laughs) I imagine it's got to be in in the margins for sure. That's amazing. I I love, I didn't even, I didn't realize like, wow, you've got grandkids and everything. That's awesome. (laughs) Okay. So in the book, you talk about how you put together this Instagram challenge for prayer and mm-hmm. kind of didn't even really know if you would finish it. And, and then you ended up doing it and felt like it was transformative to your life. Yes. And so for all of us who are neat, like I, okay, let me back up. I think a lot of Christians feel that. I think a lot of Christians feel like I really want to go deeper into my prayer life, but I don't really know how. I don't know if I'll have the consistency. And I think initially, even a lot of people who've been Christians for a while see a book like this and they're like, well, I know how to pray. I've been a Christian since I was five, you know, so why do I need another book on prayer? But I did not feel like this book was just for new believers. Like I felt like it was so refreshing for everyone in any stage that they are at to just want to go deeper into their prayer life and get committed to it and have it become a part of their fabric of their day that it was just like this little gift to be able to start making that realistically happen. So would you talk about how that kind of developed for you? Yeah. So I think that the thing is, if you think about prayer as communication with God and then take this idea of communication with God to communication for great relationship, we all know that in order to have a great relationship, you want to have good communication. And we also know that if you do things the same way all the time in that relationship, it gets boring, it can get yeah. stale. So if my husband and I go out to eat once a week and we always go to see a movie and have dinner and we always go to the same place for dinner, I mean, there's some comfort in that, you know, like, but every now and then to really 
give a bolt of excitement into our relationship, we should do something different. You take a special vacation, you celebrate an anniversary, and you do things that remind you not only that the relationship is important and worth celebrating, but that shakes things up to make the communication, the connection that you have um, even deeper, even better. And that's how relationships are built over time, that you have these shared experiences over time, and those are different. So when we think about prayer, even for the person who has been a believer for a while, I think sometimes praying differently, taking another look at it, basically it's like going out to eat for a new spot for dinner. You still are going to eat. That doesn't change. But where are you eating and what's available on the menu? And so the idea here was to give people who were struggling to be consistent with prayer or who did not feel that they knew what to say in prayer, Mm -hmm. prompts so that they don't have to work so hard to think, and then also Um, this idea that do this for 28 days straight, and maybe this will be a habit that you are easily able to keep up. And so I wrote it. I mean, I've been saved since I was a little girl, but consistency with prayer um, was a challenge for me. And then sometimes, even though I knew how to pray, I just would be one-sided. I would always come to God when I needed to ask for something or when I needed to say, I'm sorry, because even though I know God doesn't strike us with lightning, I didn't want him to strike me with lightning. It was that whole, you know, I come to God when there's something impending. And so I was trying to take off this idea that you have to know what to say when you come, that you can Mm -hmm. come and just talk about whatever. That's how praying without ceasing can work because you can talk about whatever, but then also remove some of the mystery of what to talk about by giving words. Yes, which is so helpful. And I just think it's one of the things that I hear most often from people who come to me or talk to me about my podcast or whatever, they just say, I want to develop a prayer life, but it's so hard to have consistency. I mean, I think we struggle with consistency in a lot of different areas of our life when we set goals for things. And I guess prayer is no different in that way. When you set a goal, like I'm going to become an amazing prayer. (laughs) Like it's still that, but how does that happen? And so you've done that, you've laid that out. And for me, it was really interesting because a couple of years ago, I got interested in this whole idea of like the daily offices of prayer. It was something that was so foreign to me being raised in a non-denominational church and this idea that like more traditional types of Christianity have these laid out times every day when they would pray. And it it really sparked an interest in me to want to learn more about that and why they did that and how to make that part of my life. And in a very different sense, but still in a similar vein, you have three different times a day that you've set up for people to be able to pray and walk them through it. And I liked that it's just a short thing. It's not overwhelming. It's not going to be like, oh, you have to sit down for an hour, three times a day and do this. But I'm just curious because I think a lot of people just think of doing their quiet time, you know, get it done in the morning before your day starts or whatever. How did you decide to push it to this place of, no, let's think about this three times a day? Well, you know, I think that the scripture that says to pray without ceasing was the impetus for that. And so when I did it on Instagram, it was six, I posted six times a day. And this is back when Instagram was chronological. I thought when you get up in the morning, sometime in the middle of your day, connect definitely around lunchtime, um, you know, in the afternoon, in the evening, and then before you go to bed, like just to have some points of check-in. And so when it was chronological, if somebody was on their phone, they would see this prompt and they'd be like, oh yeah, I need to, let me talk to God right quick. And actually like right now, we're actually doing a um, this 28-day in the stories Instagram situation where every day I'm putting up this 28-second timer. And I've had so many people, it's kind of like Abide Calm app style where there's music in the background. Yeah, I've had so many people DM me and they just say, 
thanks so much. It just reminds me to stop and do it. And yeah. I think that, you know, that the goal is, while obviously we're not going to pray every second of every day consciously, I think that this idea that God is with us, that's what Emmanuel means, and that he is actually there. So anytime we want to talk, he's there to listen. So it's simple that I get up and as I go to, out the door to get my, you know, my mail or to take out my trash that I notice the sun coming up and I'm like, thank you for being such a glorious creator. That's a prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just, of course, when I pray for my meal, but as I'm doing the dishes, you know, thank you for the people who I had the opportunity to serve, you know, as I'm putting the dishes away, it's, you know, thank you for my home. Um, I think that you have lots of opportunities to certainly be grateful throughout your day. But I think at the moment where you feel the anger rising up, you know, and you're in the middle of it, knowing that you need a break before you proceed in that conversation, it's right there that you can say, um, you know, help me to be angry, but not sin, you know, help me to think clearly, you know, give me wisdom for this moment. Um, in the moment where you are doing something you really don't want to do, you know, it's the right thing to do. You really don't want to do it. And you feel the frustration rising up in that moment to be able to pray and say, okay, God, I know that I'm doing the right thing. Not my will, but yours. Those are prayers. And I think once we take off this idea that it has to be, I'm on my knees, I got my Bible and my prayer basket with my pens and my special chair. And I have my hour of power every morning. And I'm saying, I think that's good. I think it's good to have designated deep times for prayer. But I think if you can take off the idea that it has to be one way, then you're freeing yourself up to talk to God who is always available to talk to you. Yes. Ladies, you have heard me talk so many times about how important I think it is for us to feel confident in ourselves as we are walking out the door in the morning, that we feel pulled together. It helps me to be more productive and take on the hard things in my day when I'm confident in the way I'm presenting myself to the world. But there are times when I don't feel comfortable in my clothes, when things just aren't quite fitting the way that I want to or laying as nicely as I want them to. Maybe it's a certain time of the month. Maybe the outfit seems to highlight those areas of myself that I'm not as confident in. And for those days, I wear shapewear from shapermint.com because shapewear from shapermint smooths you out. It allows your clothes to lay nicely on your body the way that you want them to. It feels comfortable. And then in turn, it helps boost my confidence. And when I feel confident, I feel more empowered to tackle the things in my day that I need to tackle. And I love Shapermint specifically for a few different reasons. I can easily find the perfect shapewear for my body because Shapermint.com has all the best products and brands. They have tanks, shorts, bodysuits, and more. Shapewear for every occasion. Shapewear from Shapermint gives me a polished look and long-lasting comfort no matter what I'm wearing. I am so excited to be rocking their Impetua leggings this fall because I know they're going to keep everything right where I want it. Plus, I can look cute and feel comfortable in the process. I have so many dresses that I just want a little bit more smoothing, and their Impetua shorts are perfect for those. And unlike other leading brands, shapewear from Shapermint is super affordable. In fact, it's half the price. I know last fall, I had to go buy some shapewear for a dress that I was wearing, and I was shocked by the price. So when I went to shapermint.com and saw just how affordable they are, but they have amazing products, I was so excited and relieved. And if you aren't in love with your shapewear purchase, you can exchange or return it within 60 days, no questions asked. That's the Shapermint 100 
100% confidence guarantee. So ladies, in addition to the everyday discounts and promos ShaperMint has on their website, I have a deal that's just for my listeners that will save you an extra 10% on your order. But you must go to shapermint.com lovely and use my code lovely. That's S-H-A-P-E-R-M-I-N-T dot com slash lovely code lovely to get my exclusive listener added discount of an extra 10% on your order. Shapermint.com slash lovely code lovely. It's having that mindset shift of making it the conversation, like you're saying, like throughout the day, just allowing yourself to even think about that in the first place. I think that that takes some intention to get started, but then can become a habit because you do have to kind of consciously think about it more. I think about, you know, how they talk about habits and creating habits if you tie it to something. So you know that like, when I do this, you've kind of made that decision ahead of time. When I do this, then I do this. Like you're saying, when I do my dishes, then I am going to pray or I'm going to, you know, start attaching it to those things. So you have those triggers in your mind, which may take a little bit of effort at first. Have you found that to be the case in your life? I I have. I have. I think that you learn to communicate with God by communicating with God. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because you start to see, you start to see how it changes you. You start to see how he answers prayer. You start to see how he moves circumstances or moves your mind, gives you God ideas. You start to see how he connects you, your prayer with what he's already said in his word. And you don't get to understand the dance of prayer without actually praying. It's kind of like you don't learn to be a parent without actually being a parent. (laughs) You don't learn to be married until you're actually married. And people that have, when you look at a couple that's been married and you say, oh, you know, marriage just seems so easy for you. I can guarantee that at some point it wasn't, you know, but you learn how to do the dance of marriage by being married. And the same thing is true for prayer. Jesus came to earth and he, even being God, spent time talking to the father. How much more than we need to making, you know, need to be intentional about making time to talk to God because it's, it's that communication and it's that open, um, open line to heaven that allows us to live full on earth. Yeah, absolutely. And I think now, now even more than any other time in our lives, we're faced with so much uncertainty and so much just unsettledness and stress. We need to, this needs to be the time that we press in and we kind of figure this out and figure out how to weave him into the fabric of our day. How, how have you seen that be different during this pandemic? Well, you know, I think that we have had the opportunity, if we haven't rushed to fill the space, yeah. to um, to have more quiet than usual, and I think, or stillness, less to do. I know for some of us, it's been more stressful, um, a lot of healthcare workers, moms home with their kids that aren't normally, mm-hmm. but I think it's still sh- shaken up our normal, where yeah. we've had to put the pieces back in new places, and that has given us the opportunity and still gives us the opportunity to put things in a place to allow room to talk to God or the need to talk to God more than ever before. Yeah, absolutely. So you said you, you struggled, you didn't think you were going to be able to complete this when you did it on Instagram, but then you did like, how did you see that change in your life? Well, it's kind of like drinking water. If you don't like water and you say, I don't drink enough water and I I know I should, but I don't, I can guarantee you if you drink it, not even for 28 days, if you drink it for a week, if you have a rhythm of getting that water bottle every morning, 
filling it up, refilling it when you get, you know, get up for lunch or when you take a bathroom break, it'll be a part of your rhythm. And so what happened, and I think what will happen for people as they proceed through these 28 days is it's not so much that you'll magically become a prayer warrior. What you're doing is developing a habit of thinking and stopping to think. And what you will find is that it becomes something that you don't have to really put as much energy, energy towards because you're not getting the habit going. You're just walking on a track that you've already laid. Yeah. Have you seen this kind of seep out into your relationships with your kids and friends? And like, have you seen them be affected by this as well? Oh yeah. Because my kids get a better mom. My husband gets a better wife. My, my, my friends get a better, um, they get a more centered, thoughtful, um, spiritual, mm-hmm. founded friend. So when they come to me and they say, "Ugh, I'm having trouble with X, Y, and Z," I've already connected. You know what I mean? I'm not having yeah. to to think. Okay, well, let me figure this out and let me. It is a. I've I've already. I've, I'm coming to this conversation with you, my friend, with some grounding. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it makes you, you know, it's, it's like eating your breakfast every day or, you know, whatever you tend to do for your morning routine. If you've made your bed, if you've had your smoothie, if you've had your water, if you've had your quiet time, if you've done your exercise, whatever your cup of tea is for the morning, it helps you to show up to your day better because yeah. you are in the right place. And I feel like prayer just helps you to be better because you are in the right place. Yes. guys, my kids feel like they have hit the jackpot because they now have Magic Spoon in their lives. What is Magic Spoon? Well, it's a cereal company that made these amazing cereals that are keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free, and they actually taste really good. Now, I would never buy sugary cereal for my kids. We typically didn't really eat much cereal at all. I was not raised with having sugary cereal in the house. I just never wanted to introduce that into our family's life because I knew it wasn't good for us. But with Magic Spoon, we get to have all of the fun, but none of the nasty. (laughs) So it's got zero sugar, 11 grams of protein, and only three net carbs in each serving. So I can feel good about serving it to my family. Plus, it's actually good. It's really delicious. We were sent a pack that had cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. Cocoa is my favorite. My kids are really into the fruity, but they really love all of them. And I can't wait for us to try the peanut butter and the honey nut. I know those are also going to be a huge hit for my family. They don't get soggy super fast. I love having something easy that I can turn to that's actually good and I don't have to worry about for my kids and that they really enjoy it. I mean, when does that happen (laughs) that I find something that kind of pleases all of us? It doesn't happen very often. Just let me say that. So I I'm so thankful for Magic Spoon creating a product that I can feel good about and my kids love. So if you would like to try it, go to magicspoon.com slash lovely to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code lovely at checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, as they should be, it's backed with a 100% happy 
happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's magicspoon.com lovely and use the code lovely for free shipping. Cut yourself a break in the morning, get your kids some Magic Spoon, you're probably going to even love it too, and you can feel really good about it. Magicspoon.com lovely, code lovely. And thank you so much to Magic Spoon for sponsoring our podcast. Ladies, we are all in that buckling down for fall mode. We're trying to get planned and organized and on top of things. And I'm telling you what, the number one thing that you can do to help reduce decision fatigue and frustration in your day and make sure that you are prepared and your kids aren't going to drive you crazy with the what's for dinner question is to use plan to eat. It is the website and app that I have used, honest to goodness, for six years now because there's nothing like it. It is so well thought out. They have literally thought of everything and they have just made updates to their app so that you can start ordering your groceries through it. Now, this is in beta. They are still working on it, but they are constantly innovating to make sure that it is the easiest and most helpful meal planning website that exists. Basically, the way it works with Plan to Eat is you put in your own recipes, the things that your family already knows and loves and fit your dietary preferences. And then once you get your recipes in there, which you can really easily do with their website, clipper tool and just even pasting a link from an online recipe into their planning software you are then able to drag and drop those recipes onto your calendar it is so simple to arrange everything that you're going to be eating for the next week or month or six months it doesn't even matter how long you want to plan for but the real glory is when you make menus so you schedule out an entire week let's say you can make that into a menu that you can then repeat in six weeks or four weeks or however long you want You've planned the entire week based on what you're generally doing during the week and the kinds of meals that you guys like to eat, and you don't have to plan it again. You just have to paste it right back onto the calendar and it will create your shopping list for you, which you then have in the app on your phone so you never leave home without it. It's brilliant and oh so helpful, you guys. It's a subscription service. It's $4.95 a month or $39 a year and it's worth every single penny, but you can get two months free just because you're one of my listeners. So if you go to plantoeat.com slash lovely, you can get a 60-day free trial without even putting in your credit card. You can fully sink your teeth into it, see how it works for your family. You're gonna love it because it's just so revolutionary. You can ask me all the questions that you want to about it, but it's so simple. You're gonna be able to figure it out and nothing flat. So go to plantoeat.com slash lovely and get your 60-day free trial today. And you really walk people through kind of these steps throughout each week that you're doing it that help them to not only focus on the prayer and the thanksgiving, you know, praise and thanksgiving, but repenting, asking, yielding. Like, how did you decide that that was the kind of prayer process that you wanted to walk people through in this book? Well, there are lots of books written on prayer and they all basically say the same thing. You got to make room to give them thanks and to be grateful. You need to make sure that the, you know, that the relationship is clear because you, you haven't done anything that's been offensive. You need to ask because the Bible says to ask. And then by good, you know, my goodness, if you're not going to obey, if you're not going to submit, if you're not going to surrender to God's way, then, you know, are your prayers really going to be effective? And so whether it is act, ACTS, that's an acronym that other people have used, or ADORE, 
or um, there are, you know, there's, I've even used a couple of other ones, try, but the idea of thanksgiving and praise, of repentance, of making a request known to God, of being willing to surrender and yield, the idea is the same. And they come from Matthew 6, where Jesus modeled prayer for the disciples. But again, think about this in context of relationship. If I came to my husband and only ever asked for things, that would not be a balanced relationship. Every now and then I should show up and just say, thank you, be grateful, give him praise for being a great guy. If I came to him and I always had wonderful things to say about him and he really wanted to meet my needs, but I wasn't asking him to, that's not fair for him, for me to ever say, well, he doesn't ever do this and that if all I do is pump them up and never say ever, hey, this is really what I need, you know, to tell mm-hmm. them my needs. If I'm praising him and asking for what I want, but if every now and then I do things that are offensive and I never say I'm sorry, well, then that's not a great relationship either. Yeah. And when you think about God of the universe and the fact that he knows more than you do, if you never come to him, lay out your prayer request, say thank you, say I'm sorry, and then are not willing after that prayer to be obedient, well, then that's not much of a relationship with God either. So but I don't think it has to always be in order. I don't think it always has to all be together. I think you can show up in a moment of need and say, God, help me. And that's a prayer. I think you can wake up and see the sunrise and say, oh my goodness, you're such a wonderful, creative God. That's a prayer. I know that in the moment where you snap at your kids or you're not the best employee in terms of getting, being productive that day, and you feel convicted about it, you can say to God, listen, I'm so sorry for not, you know, operating at the, at the, in the way that I know would honor you the best and help me to do better tomorrow. I think any of those prayers in isolation are fine, but I think the acronym of pray, praise and give thanks, repent, um, ask and yield just helps you to remember and to think through, am I doing all this? And am I doing all this? And this is not necessarily all at the same time, but throughout the day, as I communicate and I'm in relationship with God, the father, am I actually remembering what will bring balance communication to our connection? Yeah. I love what you're saying about, it being a relationship and the communication. I think that's so important. And I, I am curious what your thoughts or your advice would be for people who have been praying about things for a really long time and maybe even feel like they're losing hope a little bit because it doesn't seem to be being answered in the way that makes sense or mm-hmm. is, you know, it can be very hard. Those can be very like, long steadfast times where hope can be hard to cling to. I always talk about how like hope is dangerous because you, you don't know how things are going to end up. And so would you speak to that as far as prayer is concerned? Yeah. I mean, you know, the reality is we don't always get what we ask for. (laughs) And that's a truth of life, whether you're praying or whether you're five years old and asking your parent for something or whether you're 60 years old and you've been married to this man for 30 years and he's just never done it. I mean, there are things in life where you just don't always get what you ask for. However, you don't get it many times if you don't ask. And so how do you know if this is in God's will for you ever Um, If it's in his permissive will, you only get it if you ask for it. If it's in his sovereign will, which means that no matter what you say, he's working on something bigger that involves you, but it's not about you. How do you know? There are some prayer requests I know that we will not know why he didn't answer until we're on the other side of time and eternity. It just, there's some things we just can't know. Um, There's some, I remember forgetting, I had an aunt one time who had something occur in her life and I wanted to know more about it. And she told me, 
you know what, if I ever think that it will be useful to you, I will share it. Apart oh, from that, wow. I would be dredging up old memories, telling you about people and maybe putting, painting them in a negative light because this is what they did during that season, but it's not useful for you. And I just remember thinking, oh my God, just tell me already. Like, yeah. I just want to know. I want to know the dirt, you know? Yeah. And I think about that in life. There are things that my parents have experienced I will not know anything about because it was never useful for me. Mm. And I think for God, there are things that, that, have, that are happening in our lives that he will give us privy to. And then there are many things he just won't because yeah. it's not useful. It's not necessary. The question is, is that do we choose to believe? Bible says in Hebrews 11, now with faith, it is impossible to please God. We have to believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And sometimes you just have to believe that he's a father and he's good. And if you don't understand, he has a reason. He may not share that with you, but he has a reason. And I have to tell you, sometimes the believing that is strictly blind faith. Yeah. I mean, we prayed really hard for my mom to be healed and she died in December. Oh. Um, a lot of people prayed for her, our church, the whole city, people all over the world. Yeah. And God did not choose to heal her. And I don't yeah. get it. I, in my mind, you have the whole world watching. Why wouldn't you heal her? Yeah. Would, how would that not bring you glory? How would that not um, shed a light on the fact that you can still heal today when you choose to? How would that not be helpful? Yeah. I don't have an answer for that right now. But the only thing that I can say is that I still have to choose. Is this going to be one of those things that says, well, since he didn't answer that prayer request, I'm not so sure that God is even real anymore and I'm not going to waste my time. A lot of people have made that choice. Or I can choose to say, you know what, I don't get it. But there have been enough things in my life where he's given me confidence to believe that I'm going to camp out on those things, even though I don't understand why he didn't understand it, why he didn't answer this one thing. And sometimes it's just choosing to believe. I would say keep praying until you don't feel that it's a desire of your heart anymore. Because mm. God is a God who shows up many times, not when we want him to, but right on time. There are many people I know of that have prayed for the salvation of a spouse, their whole marriage. And five years, two years, one year before that spouse passes away, he accepts, he accepts Jesus Christ. Yeah. I've heard of a lot of moms praying for kids that have been wayward for decades. Yeah. And then at some point, that kid later says, I had a mother who prayed for me and who would not let up in bringing my name before the throne. I know of a lot of people who struggle with a lot of time with illness and would love for God to take that cup from them. But in coming to God honest and saying, I would love for you to just fix it. But if you choose not to fix it, give me grace to walk through it. J um, Johnny Erickson Tata is one of those people. Catherine Wolf is another where they say how they get to know God, how they've come to know God because of their illness, they wouldn't trade it. Yeah. And so I think we have to ask God for what we want. We have to give grace to God to decide what's good and what's not for us. Mm -hmm. We have to decide ultimately though, if we don't get it or if it's taking a really, really long time for him to answer that we will still believe. Yeah. Oh, that was actually going to be the question I was going to ask you next. Like, when do you give up praying for things that you've been asking for? I, it's, it hits a personal note for me. I have gone through a very difficult divorce um, that took two and a half years from a narcissistic abuser. And it was a incredibly difficult time. And there's still so many struggles mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. seeing what my kids go through and having to come alongside them or even, or even back away in some ways. And, 
and come to the place where I have to allow God to do the work and realize I can't, I can't make the changes on my own. I can't, I can't save them from everything. And that can be absolutely heartbreaking. And I really had to wrestle over, you know, the past three years since I left, you know, in the beginning, it was very difficult because of the church's views on divorce and those kinds of things and how, you know, and in a very general sense, abusers within the church tend to be given the power and given the support. Um, And that's, that's a whole nother conversation, but I had to come to that point where as I grappled with my faith and I grappled with prayer that I could say, okay, even through all of this, Lord, I believe you are who you are. I believe that you're in control even when I cannot understand why you are letting happen what you are letting happen. And that is that never goes away, I don't think. Like you, you still have those questions and you still have those struggles. But like you're saying, just deciding to come back to those small things where you can pray those small prayers and you have to ultimately decide, I still believe that you are who you say you are and that I am who you say I am. And that that is so hard, but it's so essential to moving forward. Yes, it is. It is. And that's the the part of living life that brings great glory to God when we pursue and, um, you know, just purpose in our hearts to keep going. Okay, ladies, I don't talk about it all that often, but I have a really bad back and neck. I have scoliosis and I regularly wake up with aches and pains. My back can go out really easily. Plus just the stress of daily life, you know, that weighs on all of us. I think we're all dealing with aches and pains. And whether you're an elite athlete or just a regular person like me trying to get through the day, muscle pain and muscle tension is a real thing. That's why I use Theragun, the handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combination of depth, speed, and power, and now as quiet as an electric toothbrush. That's because the all-new Generation 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor that's so quiet, you will wonder if it's even on while you're soothing your aching muscles with Theragun's signature power, amplitude, and effectiveness. I love this thing. I try to use it as much as I possibly can. Because the head rotates, I'm even able to do it on myself, which is super helpful. But sometimes I even have my kids use it on my back. But this thing just really releases all of that tension. Sometimes I use it on my legs, but I definitely focus on my back. And it is so helpful for allowing me to get through those times when I feel like my back is like right ready to pull something the wrong way. And this just helps to release that tension. You too can Try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There is no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need. Starting at only $199, go to theragun.com lovely right now and get your Generation 4 Theragun today. That's theragun.com lovely. Theragun.com lovely. There's just, there's just some mountains, there's no way around, but up and then down the other side. Some challenges, the only way out is through. 
And I want to just encourage ladies who are in the position, um, like you described with a difficult divorce or that are waiting on God to give them that baby they've been praying for. They've had multiple miscarriages or to bring back, um, to bring them into a career that's fulfilling or to give them the power that they need to resist temptation so that they can um, build wealth and not spend and be good stewards of their money or to give them um, solution uh, for health challenges. And I just want to say that you, if you are struggling because God has not answered your prayers as soon as you wished he would, or as you hoped he would, that you're in good company. Yeah, <laughs> And that there are just as many people who are struggling with the prayer request that they continue to bring to God as probably more than that, than people who have prayed and God has answered and they can say, let me tell you how he brought me over. But nobody gets to the other side without praying. Nobody gets to the point to say, look at how God answered without having the difficult mountains to climb. So I just want to encourage you to keep praying, keep believing, and to know that this walk of faith, so much strength is built in the seasons we would not choose to walk through. So walk through it, stay connected, keep praying, and trust that if God gives it to you, it's a testimony. If he doesn't give it to you, it's a testimony. And that either way, the journey of staying connected to God through communication builds your relationship with God and builds your ability to encourage someone else who may have to wait on a prayer like you have. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so true. And whether they're in those little prayers, or I think that you kind of talk about in the book, like utilizing a prayer journal to actually, you know, take things deeper when you have the time to be doing that. How do you think is the best way for people to kind of approach prayer in a journaling way that they may not have experienced? Well, I think that, you know, Writing down your prayers, even if they're just in phrase form, like short form, you know, grateful. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. The world knows that gratitude journals are a thing yeah. and that there's something powerful to stopping to celebrate what's right in your life. And there's something even more powerful about writing it down. So you can journal like you're writing like a journal entry and go all out, and, like write out your prayers. But I think if you just write down grateful, sunrise, family, coffee that's still an acknowledgement of a prayer that you're praying. And then for your prayer request, you know, new home recovery from surgery, those are still things. And then what happens is because we are forgetful people, we are like sheep and we are forgetful. Um, When you happen to break open that book one year, you will look back and be like, Oh, I remember. I remember when I was praying for this thing and then God gave it to me and it will uh, allow you to build your faith when you see what God has done. So I don't think people have to be journalers to pray their journals, but I do think there's something powerful about writing things down. And I would challenge people wherever you do that. We did put a place in the book to write, um, but I'm always like, I just did that as a convenience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's basically like pick anything. My grandmother prayed with a spiral notebook and she would write down the prayers and keep looking at them. And, um, and I think if you can say prayer is an opportunity to talk to God, but it's also, it's also work. It's a commitment. And my grandmother showed me that, that she would keep praying about something and then she would fuss at us if the aunt, the prayer was answered. She would say, you have to tell me because it's on my list. I need yeah. to know when I can stop praying for it because she was putting hours, you know, in her, as a senior, she was putting hours into her time praying for missionaries and her family and her grandchildren and her great grandchildren. Wow. And she would just write those things down. And of course, when you've seen what God has done after you wrote it down and it had a date on it, it builds yeah. your faith. So I would encourage you to do that one way or the other. Yeah, it's like those those pillars, those altars that, you know, we hear about in the Old Testament. They were a reason that God wanted 
them to make those stones, like have those stones there so that they could remember that it happened. And I think that, you know, in the same sort of way, journaling allows us to have those pillars that we can come back to and say, oh yeah, when I start thinking like, God, you never answer anything. <laughs> oh wait, <laughs> there are these things. And like you said, we're forgetful. Because we love those words, don't we? Always yeah. and never. Yes. You never. You always. Yes. And then the thing is, is those words are rarely ever true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, that is so accurate. And so for us to have those and have them written down to keep coming back to, I think is essential for sure. I love, I love that your grandmother said that. That's the cutest thing. Like, you got to tell me. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Um, so I just, as we're kind of wrapping up our conversation about prayer, is there anything that you felt just like pressing on people kind of over and above in what we're going through right now that you think, you know, would be an encouragement to them or kind of the biggest thing that's, that's on your heart about it? Yeah, I think the thing is, is just do it. Yeah. <laughs> we know this from Nike and yeah. they, they give us all of these tools and they got the shoes and the workout clothes and the, you know, the great Instagram posts. But the bottom line is they're all saying the same thing. Yeah. It's all of this support for you to go out and do what only you could do. Yeah. And so, you know, again, there are lots of books about prayer. I mean, this is just my version of something I went through and I, had people that asked me to share it. And so we're doing that in this book form. But the bottom line is I can't do it for you. Even yeah. with my friends, I can pray with you. I can pray over you. But as it relates to your relationship with God, your spiritual health, you have to do the work. You have to put in the effort. You have to lace up your shoes, get out your front door and go for the walk, which by the way, is one of the best times to pray is just yeah. on the walk. Yeah. But I think that if you can just say, okay, God of the universe, the God of the universe has made it possible for me to be connected to him, to talk to him. Why wouldn't I take advantage of that? And then just start to say, okay, how can I include God in my day? Tell him what he already knows, but that he wants to hear me say, how can I go from being frustrated to being forthright and just communicating that frustration to God? How can I stop trying to control everything and release control and mm -hmm. surrender to God to how he might want to yield his control in a situation? How can I take what I'm already doing every day and lay it at God's feet so that he can give guidance and direction? And I think if you just will look around for all the things that you have been handling, all the things you've been working out, you've been doing, you will find places where really you can just pray about it and see what yeah. God does. Yeah. Oh, that's, that is an encouraging word for sure. Because I think so many of us, especially in times like this, where there's lots of unknowns, it's like we're clinging to everything that we think we can control, but just being willing to give things over to God and just say, okay, I trust that you're big enough to deal with these things is hard, but oh, so worth it every time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So Crystal, what does a typical day look like for you right now? Well, right now I have no rhythm because <laughs> I am in between two houses, moving out of one and into the other. Oh my um, goodness. Yeah. While you're launching a book. <laughs> While I'm launching a book. Yeah. It's a little nuts. So I'm just kind of making my way through each day and the list gets longer and longer. And I keep looking at it and figuring out what needs to be at the top for today and knowing that everybody in the world has 24 hours and I'm going to do the best to manage mine. But my day-to-day -day right now is atypical of what it would typically be. 
I get up in the morning. I try to get some work done before the kids wake up. Then we do school in the mornings with me after I disappear in the afternoon. I let them do things that they can do independently while I get some more work done. The crock pot is my friend. So hopefully I don't yeah. have to work too hard to fix dinner. Um, but it's basically being home <clears throat> and working from home and um, giving my kids some attention and oversight with their schoolwork as I do. That's awesome. So what did it look like before Corona? Was it pretty much like that? Has the pandemic really affected your day to day? Well, it was pretty much like that. But of course, um, the move has thrown everything out of whack. Yeah. But I would say the thing was, we we just, for a minute there, it was just wonderful to go out for evening walks with my family and watch movies together mm-hmm. and them have more space in their day because they weren't ripping and running and going to all the activities that we normally have yeah. for them. So it has been good. Um, and now we're just trying to find a new rhythm, I'm trying to remember where yeah. the forks are. <laughs> yeah, I get that for sure. And what is one way that maybe even in the midst of craziness of the move and everything, you are cultivating loveliness in your life? Hmm. You know what? My I'm a really simple girl who loves really simple things, but I have to work really hard to keep my life simple enough to remember to do them. Oh yeah. My loveliness is music and candles mm. burning that set the atmosphere for my um for my day. It's really simple. But if I don't remember to do those two things in the morning, there's something that is echoey and and empty about my day and it is totally warmed up when I do those two things. I love spa music or worship music playing in the background and a good candle burning. And it just makes me happy. Oh, I love that. That just like sets the atmosphere and the whole tone for things. Yeah. And you know, my mother loved flowers and I'm not a flower lover. It's just like, there's so much money and what else could I do with that money kind of thing? This stuff is going to die. But I have to tell you, um, last May, I was fussing about my husband and I said, I bet you he's going to get me flowers. We've been married almost 20 years. He should know. I don't want flowers. (laughs) It's like this afterthought, you know, it's like this knee jerk, easy thing. I'm going to go to the grocery store and get her flowers. I was like, he doesn't know this. And she's like, well, you never know. He might surprise you. I cannot tell you what he did that mother's day, but I can tell you I was with my, my, my mother for lunch that day. When I got home, there was a delivery of flowers from her. And I oh. felt horrible because I had just told her all these reasons why I don't like flowers. Yeah. And my mother always gave me flowers for special occasions, for different things. And I have to tell you that ever since she's passed, I appreciate flowers. Yeah. Because the truth of the matter is that there are a lot of valuable things that will not last, our lives being one of them. And that doesn't mean that while they're blooming, blossoming, and beautiful, that we shouldn't enjoy them. And flowers are a reminder to me of that. And so I've put flowers up as something that is intentionally cultivating the lovely that I would not normally have done before this year. But I see a new value in that even though they pass, it's still worth cultivating. That's so interesting because I have had a very similar experience with flowers, like was never into them, never, you know, had the same thought, like they just, it's a waste of money. They're just going to die. And, but I have these friends who the people who listen to the podcast, they know they've been on the show and they are flower enthusiasts and they got me to start having flowers in my home. And now I'm like, I crave that beauty. And it's so interesting to have had a total change of heart in that respect. And I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you ready for my stock questions, Crystal? I am. Okay. I think I know the answer to this one already, but candles or essential oil diffuser? Ooh, 
See, I would say candles, but can I just give a little bit of background on this? Of course. So I'm a homeschool mom who's done all the things, baked the bread, grown the tomatoes, and yeah. told my family about oils. Yeah. Okay? That was when they were telling me that everything I was doing was crazy. Why are you cloth diapering? Why are you baking bread? Why are you yeah. doing the oils? So then when they decided, you know, last year, last couple of years to be oily people, and then they were trying yeah. to sign me up. I was like, no, I'm not doing yeah. it. Y'all told me all those years that I was weird for having thieves and lavender and all these things. Yeah. So the truth is I've never stopped being oily. I just did yeah. not dive all the way in, but I just ordered my first diffuser. It should be here Ooh. within the week. And I'm looking forward to seeing what the smells and the feeling of my home is with the diffuser versus the candle, which, you know, candles are great, but then there's all the soot that you secondhand yes. smoke, you know, so yes. yeah. we're going to, we're going to try diffusers and then I'll let you know. But right now okay. I would say candles. All right. I love that. That's hilarious. Okay. Cloth napkins or paper? Mm. It's the same story. Paper on an everyday cloth for special occasions. Okay. City or country? Oh, country. Okay. Paper or digital? Digital. Shopping. Would you rather do it online or in the store? Not at all. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's four o'clock or whatever time you're needing to make dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music? Music. And is it the same music you were telling us about earlier? Yes. Okay. Sports or no sports? No sports. All right. Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? Broadcast. Okay. What is your favorite movie? Pretty Woman. Ooh, that's a good one. I don't think anyone has said that one so far. That was a good one. Okay. And if you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum, where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 is like singing Kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven, where would you put yourself on the spectrum? Probably a seven. Okay. That's a good, respectable number with those oils that you were into long before anybody was selling <laughs> them to you. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. I just hope that people get a hold of this resource because I think we need it now more than ever. And it's just so simple and straightforward and beautiful. And I'm so glad that you put it together. Thank you, Crystal. Yeah, well, um, it's my pleasure to share it. And thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah, have a wonderful day. All right, ladies, that's a wrap on season five of the podcast. You can swipe up in whatever app you are using to listen to the show to find all of our show notes and the links to everything that we've talked about today. I would also like to encourage you to click that little subscribe button in whatever app you are using because then the podcast will magically be in your app every time that you go to look for it on Wednesdays. And we've got so much fun stuff cooked up for this fall. You're not going to want to miss a single episode. So make sure you hit subscribe and also maybe just, you know, hop over to iTunes and give us a little rating and review over there to boost us up in the ratings. That would sure be helpful as well. All right, ladies, we are so excited to be bringing you season six of Cultivating the Lovely next week. But until then, go be bold and gracious. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. 